listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead! With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Saul Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. Ah! Gore is love, baby. In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, the horror podcast that really and truly loves the scary season. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're celebrating... It's the most wonderful time of the year. By looking forward to the variety of scares, movies, and events going on at Screenland Armor with this year's Shocktober. And you don't have to be in shock to listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your 31 days of awesomeness hole. <laughs> and of course, if you are wandering out on social media, you can find us out on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and cyber shenanigans. And I would say Shocktober shenanigans. shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, October 2nd, mm-hmm. normally we would reveal what would be happening over the weekend. Yes. But no. This is the it's all of a sudden we should have the very special episode. Yeah, with the rainbows coming in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what we're doing here now. So normally we would, uh, you know, uh, preview the weekend goodies at Screenland, but we're going to do that for the entire month. So we're going to go ahead and skip straight to where we're going to give a little shout out to our latest a Pallies. Patreon Pally, and now in our let's see, we launched in April, May, June, July, August, September seventh, sixth month actually. No, it'll be the sixth month of content. Wow, which is kind of crazy to think about. Wow. No, we definitely have been putting together a weird little film family over at our Patreon, uh, over at, of course, patreon.com slash Nightmare Junkhead. Mm-hmm. And we've developed kind of two theories on our patrons. There's the familiar face phenomenon, mm-hmm. where it was someone that, if we didn't know them initially, we saw them at enough of the shows, the movies, and events where they became familiars with us. Yeah. Which is always lovely. And those are our local folk. But then, of course... We technically do have a little bit of a reach since we are online, and there's quite a few Patreons out there that we've never met before in our life. Which is wonderful and exciting to me. I think that's kind of awesome. I think that's extra awesome. It's so wonderfully weird because, like I said, I'm... Because I can berate my friends into listening to the show. You know, you didn't... Oh, you didn't listen to the show again, right? Well, I think they get enough of us in real life. In real life, they don't need to fucking pay for it, right? Which I can understand. (laughs) But at the same time, it's even more awesome when it's someone you don't know. Well, and in this case, uh, John R. Blaker, a member of our film family here, again, not as familiar with... In fact, John, we reached out to you and said, hey, my friend, anything to plug? We got to wax your car a little. I didn't hear back from him. So, John, are you a robot? And if you are, can we befriend you? And if so... That's Trevania, friend. Yeah, I, 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 I welcome our robot overloads. So, John, that means we consider us your subservient, not sex slaves, but um, 
if you when you need podcast entertainment, we shall keep you entertained. Ideally and hopefully there, but I'm hoping you dig what we're putting out, obviously, within Patreon, the content itself, from the I've seen that to the commentaries to mm-hmm. our most recent review of oh Erotica. Boy. <laughs> oh boy. I cannot stop talking about that movie. Like I've told like three or four people already, like, man, you need to see this movie with a crowd. So, John, I don't know if you're feeling up to seeing it, but you can stream it on Shutter. But regardless, thank you for being a friend. Thanks, Belly. You're fucking rad. Absolutely. And again, if you would like us to go ahead and plug and promote some of your material or wax your car, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead. Man, I'm not going to lie, without doing the normal housekeeping, I always feel a little weird <laughs> transitioning from one thing to another there, but... Like, a, not, not necessarily a misstep, but like, whoa, whoa, okay, cool, still on the path. A little improv- improvisation mm-hmm. goes a long way, uh, but it is the month of October, genius. I am so excited, not only because, one, it's my favorite month because it's the fucking best time of the year, but two, after the shit show of 2020 we've had... It's good to have things to look forward to, especially here in KC. Absolutely. And if you are here in the Kansas City area and even beyond, of which we'll get into, there you have an entire month of genre horror goodness to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And we have one person to thank for that. And you know our next guest as a literal friend of the show and a member of our film family. Uh, you can always hear him as the co-host of both the Creepcast and the Nightmare Hour podcast, but more importantly, he is the co-owner of the Screenland Armor Theater. Please welcome back to Nightmare Junkhead, Adam Roberts. Hello, everybody. I'm finally back. It's well, you know, it's what? not been that long. It actually hasn't. We did Evil Dead not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say we summoned. In fact, technically, I hope that was in the back of your mind because I know you recently got back from a visit in a cabin in the woods where I was possessed by a demon and over. Came my drug addiction. Hey, good nice, for, good did, for you. I did the uh, the box knife scar heal <laughs> on your it tongue? It healed very nicely. Yes, you sound you sound great. Yeah, hey, a lot better than Amber. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into all the good stuff in the prog costination that we're going to be doing here, where can our listeners find you out on social media? Plug and promote away. Holy shit! Uh, I never. Uh, I'm never good at this. Um, so you can find me. Well, so I run all the armor, screen and armor, uh, social media. So that's the easiest way, I, which is mostly armor theater. That's theater with an ER. So that's Instagram. I believe that's Twitter. And Facebook's the same thing, but it's an RE because somebody else had the other one. <laughs> um, I think it's Nightmare Hour Pod on everything, if I remember. Mm, checking. I'm no, checking. You're Fact get- checking myself. Um it's I don't know actually what it is. That's okay. <laughs> Eric runs those, so you won't get a hold of me that way. And then I'm Waste of Mind Films on pretty much everything. So that's Facebook, Instagram, and also um, Twitter. And also a shout out to both of you as part of the Crickets Podcast Network now with the new mm-hmm. the new shows and everything. Genius, both you and Adam are in that weird extended family. <laughs> yes. Um, so, a couple things. Number one, congratulations on not your uh, nod here. Uh, within the pitch as uh, one of the best local filmmakers. That's awesome, man. And that's the one thing that always kind of gets lost in the fold just in terms of the number of hats that you wear Mm -hmm. because you do wear a lot. But the one that I think kind of solidifies your love of cinema comes from your love of film itself and actually producing movies and making movies. Um, In fact, you were kind enough to let me be part of your latest short, not be part of, but to watch your latest short, Lost and Found. Um, If our listeners were to... Can they can they view that at this point? 
Not at this point. Ah, there was but, a brief moment. They could, okay. But. Well, to whet their appetites a little with what you did with Lost and Found, because as a child of the 80s, it kind of hit home for me. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so I've mostly up to this point done uh, horror or horror adjacent films. Um, so whatever that means. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but but. I wanted to do some. I knew I wanted to do something different. Um, I didn't know exactly what. And a buddy of mine, he uh, he was like, "Hey, I got an idea for a movie." He's not done anything with movies, but he was just like, "I, you know, everyone has an idea for a story or a movie." And he's like, "I've thought about this for quite some time." And he kind of laid it on me. And the pitch was kind of uh, uh, a a, a, per, a man wakes up in the middle of nowhere and he doesn't know how he got there or what brought him there and. Uh, and, and there's more to it, so like I, I can't. It's hard to talk about without revealing that what was it spoiled. is. Right, right, right. Uh, because there's a one word like way to describe it, or, or like a one sentence after after you see it. But without, it is a fun movie to watch, not knowing where it's gonna go. Um, but anyways, it was like this kind of uh, bigger like sci-fi kind of monstery movie. Uh, but it felt felt to me very much like um, like a movie like Predator meets like an Amblin movie. And uh, and and I was like, well, this sounds great. Can I take this idea and, and write it and try uh, try to make it? And he's like, sure, whatever. And uh, and I did. And I put the, the the right people involved and I got the right pieces and cast it and and you know raised a couple grand and and uh, made this kind of big monster movie. Which I, I you know on paper I never really thought of it as a monster movie. I was just like, this is just like a a man on a mission movie is, is like how I always thought it. But whenever someone asked me like, what is this scene kind of like? I'm like, that's ah, pretty much like predator. Uh, but I never really like, <laughs> I didn't set it up that way. Um, anyways, this, uh, I guess all my horror instincts kind of naturally played into it. Cause it does feel a little bit more of a bigger monster movie than it does. Uh, uh, you know, just like a, a man on a mission, I guess, uh, which is kind of how it reads. Um, but but it turned out great. So far, people really liked it. It's got an interesting twist, I think, into it that you don't really see coming, and uh, uh, some fun effects. And it was it was the craziest shoot I've ever done because we I think we shot it all in like two and a half days. Oh my goodness! And uh, it's it's a, there's a lot of set a lot of different shots and a, a lot of effects shots in it, and it, and a lot of things I've never done before. You know, like uh, someone getting stabbed is one thing, but. Uh, a giant monster the size of a building um, and trying to sell that and, and, and what's happening in the story is, is a whole different thing, but it was, it was fun. And uh, so far people liked it and hopefully film fest come out again sometime sooner than later and people uh, can uh, see it on the big screen. Cause it is quite the treat on the big screen. And we were in theater one for that, which I think played so much better. And I definitely got some Jurassic park vibes mm -hmm. from it as well on top of the predator and I'm glad you mentioned the A word because it was just dripping with the Amblin, which is such a it's a compliment because, like I said, it made me feel nostalgic for my my childhood. And what would I do if put in that position, which it played upon perfectly. So, again, congratulations on that. Thanks. Of course. Of course. Now, mm -hmm. that being said, you mentioned yourself. You're you're a horror fan yeah. and that never comes out more than in the month of October with Shocktober. Now, technically. How many years has Shocktober been going on at this point? This is year nine. Oh, my wow. goodness. Okay, so nine years of programming. Uh, nine uh, bringing years. the frights. Bringing the terror. Uh, and honestly, introducing so many people to so many good movies. Uh-huh, absolutely. And honestly, there are a number of films in the lineup for this year's Shocktober that are several. I've seen that. Well, before we go into the, this year's lineup, would you... 
consistently do every Shocktober is offer such a wide variety of different types of horror movies, whether it be between um, the newer ones, the classic ones, gore, subversive, uh, paranormal. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> you, there's a good buffet that you are offering exactly. up. There's, there literally is something for every horror fan and the normies too because that's when like they come out to play in October. Yeah. And so that's what... You, you have the, fan, the family-friendly ones and the more, and the more um, successful known ones, but then you have some of them deeper cuts, those deeper pulls, and that's the, what I like about Shocktober too. What have been some of your favorites from the past, Genius? Ooh. Um... There has been so many that I've seen <laughs> in there. I can name some of my favorite horror movies, and it would have been played in Shocktober. Yep. Um, Night of the Creeps, Halloween, some of the things that we've seen, Tales of Halloween, all these yep. different things that we've seen has come through Shocktober, and it's fantastic. It truly is a magical time of year, and you have a lot of that to thank for, you know? Yeah. I'm and I'm curious. How do you put together the lineup? How do you approach it? Because you know you've been always kind enough to help us program things, and I've always enjoyed that, but. That's daunting because that's a lot of time to fill yeah. with a lot of movies to choose from potentially. So how do you go about that? Um, well, I always look at the year before. So <laughs> I look at the year before, like either some deeper cuts that did better than expected or uh, maybe some things that didn't quite do as well. And so and that kind of helps me like fine tune. OK, so this did really well and I didn't expect it. This did bad. And I didn't expect it. So don't do any things. Don't do things like that. Do do things like this. And then uh, I kind of steer that forward a little bit. You know, 31 days is tough. And, uh, you know, this year there, there are a couple of days of encores because there's like one thing I've learned in the last couple of months is, you know, it's not a regular time for anything. So we typically usually do two two showings on, under regular circumstances, mm -hmm. but certainly under the quarantine times or the it's COVID times having two showings like a weekend and a weekday is beneficial for a lot of people. So um, there's some people who are like, oh, there's not a new movie every day, but there, I mean, there is cause on the weekends there's usually three things yep. happening like Friday and Saturday and mm -hmm. Sunday. So even if, unless you were sometimes, I mean, there's, there's multiple times where you can't possibly see what's happening, um, and see something else. So, I think we do have it set up appropriate so that there, I mean, there, I think there's 52 different events and movies and, uh, and that's not really counting the online stuff yet, but there's, there's something for everybody, but yeah, it always starts with last year's lineup. Uh, and then there's perennial favorites, right? Night Living Dead is always Night Living Dead. Halloween mm -hmm. on Halloween is always mm -hmm. Halloween. The Exorcist always happens in there. Um, and, and after those three, the rest is kind of, whatever I want this season. What haven't I played in a while? What has a new remaster? What's, uh, you know, what's coming up? Well, and that's, that's a good, uh, good question there. What is coming up? So technically this uh, episode is releasing the second day into Shocktober. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, Adam, I always know October is here because I will be seeing night of the living dead on the big screen. Cause they're coming to get you, Barbara. And they're always coming to launch Shocktober. That to me, it is, you know, with some people it's the, the changing of the leaves and it's the, the brisker temperatures. But for me, it's, you know, undead ghouls, yeah. you know, sieging on a house and celebrating one of the all time great films. Absolutely. Out, you know, horror and outside of that. So I know it will have gone off without it. And that's a great way to kick it off. You know, well, I mean, just with that movie, especially, and, and the fact that, okay, it's now seasonal, like, you know, like you said, 
you know it's time for Shocktober when None of the Living Dead comes. And it's yep. the perfect starter. The perfect starter. And guaranteed, so many people are still fighting, uh, yeah. being introduced to it. Because like, actually, last year, I remember there were a number of people asked specifically who's seen them for the first time, half the crowd. So it's it's just the perfect way to start off. Now, that being said, if you're in town on Friday, as this episode is releasing, our latest Friday Night Fright. You can see it six times. Not necessarily, but you can join the Brotherhood <laughs> of Sleep, as we are going to be looking at John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Technically, we are coming to you from the future. That's right. Oh, yes. <laughs> we don't have the technology <laughs> at this point. Now, Adam, this one, I do believe you admitted this was, you had a chance to watch it for the first time this year. Was that not correct? Yeah. This was the first time, I think, early, pretty early in the year. Mm-hmm. Maybe like right when COVID started. Um, I had bought the uh, Scream Factory release and i was like i don't know why I've, so i'm i i know i was gonna say i don't know why i haven't seen it but i know exactly why i haven't seen it i'm a sucker for good packaging and like uh a good poster and a good title goes forever for me absolutely um and, and in terms of how quickly i'm going to see something and quite honestly prince of darkness and the cover of prince of darkness did zero for me for my entire life and that it was on the backside of Carpenter's career, where, where like after this film, not a lot happens. Uh, I, well, I guess in the mouth of madness happens. Yeah, goes um, to Mars. Stop right there, <laughs> vampires. Uh, <laughs> you know, not, not a lot. Like not, not not a lot of big hits happen after this. But then I found out he shot this immediately after Big Trouble, including a lot of the similar cast and crew of mm-hmm. Big Trouble. And then my interest was peaked. Um, but but yeah, it, it was one I, I'd gone forever, and I think a lot of people probably have. I, I don't. I'm sure there was a DVD or another Blu-ray, but um, I don't think it's ever been released properly until the Scream Factory. Well, it's funny because I actually have a horrible anecdote where back in high school I was actually invited to kind of a little bit of a get together. And they're like, "Hey, Greg, we're going to go to Blockbuster, and you can choose the movie." And it's like, "All right, anything and I want." I. I chose Prince of Darkness, and I chose Veronica. I never, well, yeah, that would <laughs> I probably would have gotten invited back, but I never got invited back after that, unfortunately. But no, I think it's one of his all-time greatest. Got one of the great all-time scary scenes. Oh yeah, uh, come and check that out now. If indoor isn't your thing, outdoors on Friday, of course, we've got all horror films for Shocktober, and oh goodness, it has been a spell since I've seen this one, and I will admit. Genius and I both probably prefer the TV show to the movie, but if you're feeling lucky, you can come out and check out Christy Swanson and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah, it does. I do prefer the TV show. However, I think Pee Wee Herman makes an excellent vampire in that movie, and Rudger Hauer as well. Now, is that one that you've? Has it been a while since you've seen that, Adam? Oh boy, it's been a very long time. But but as a, a younger person, I did really enjoy it. So I, I, I'm ready to watch it again. I have the whatever version. I think this is the 25th or 30th anniversary is what I have here. That's kind of crazy, the fact that it's been that long since. But it's almost kind of weird to see something, because can, you can theoretically say that the TV show is the gritty reboot. Yeah, oh right? yeah. So it's always weird to see, like... Go to its origins. To go to where its it came origins, from. to see where it came... Because it is a light, fun, bubblegummy movie, but it's still really good, and it's still got everything that you want. And it's one of the rare times this month that you will not be seeing Donald Sutherland's uh, groin area. So you've been warned, and that's about the only time you see him chased, because you will see that later this month. But then that's Saturday, a film that I saw for the first time last year, and it is a remake, and actually you've got a pretty some pretty good remakes coming up here, and originals, but I know Genius, this is a personal favorite of yours, 
Uh, on Saturday, October 3rd, you have the remake of 13 Ghosts. Shannon Elizabeth is in the house. That, I mean, that was uh, 2001. So for me, that, that was, fuck, I was, that movie was made for me. I was 15 when that movie came out. So oh. it was like, give me that movie every day of my life. So uh, it was, it, it, I think that was 2001, right? That sounds right. What's that? It, yeah. Was it 2001? Sounds like about it's right. It's in that, around that time, because yeah, around 99, okay. 2000, 2001, we had the slew of those the, universal the remakes. house ones. Yeah, because House on Hill was 99. That was the second mm-hmm. one was 13 Ghosts. Um, and uh, it, it rules. I mean, the monsters are cool. They're, uh, they're still we, great. I mean, listen, Stu Mercer's in it. Uh, we, we're all fans of Matthew Lillard's. Uh, he's, uh, he's he's quite fun in it. F. And Murray Abraham. I mean, yeah. F. Murray Abraham. The movie rules. And... Uh, <laughs> Again, another one that just had a re- remaster, and that's what we're going to be watching. So, nice. Uh, Scream Factory has been putting some shit out this year. I'll tell you that. They between Scream Factory, Severin, Vinegar Syndrome, uh, Blue Underground, don't Arrow. Sleep on, yeah, and don't sleep on Arrow because Arrow's, yeah, got, yeah, some no, Arrow's got some great premium shit. releases. But the thing about Thirteen Ghosts, what I like is like some of that iconic imagery is still iconic to this day, like the jackal. The jackal still terrifies people, even if they don't know what it is. Even if you look at the the whole um, screening of it, it's amazing. And what I like about Thirteen Ghosts, I had the Blu-ray back in the day when it first came out. They had this little like supplemental thing in the in the special features that told the backstory of all the Thirteen okay, good. Ghosts. Because to me, the missing marketing merchandising um, thing with that is like issuing trading cards mm-hmm. with each of the ghosts and like. Give their stats on the back yeah. and their main kills. They did. They did that little backstories and the, how they fit the uh, ancient spell and all that shit. That is very well crafted cool. story. No, and I actually I really enjoyed it. I was surprised at how much fun it was, but mm-hmm. definitely one that is worth to see on the big screen. Now on the outdoor, and what I like what you're doing this year, Adam, is outdoors on Saturday. You're doing double features every Saturday, but they're kind yeah, of so. um, unorthodox double features. Yes. Well, no. No, I mean, they are true, but you are lining up some of the old school Universal films with some of the newer pairings. And on uh, Saturday, October 3rd, the first one out there is going to be House of Frankenstein Mm -hmm. partnered with the Monster Squad. And I've seen that with House of Frankenstein, so that's going to be a first timer for me. Nice. I saw that back on Channel 19 back in the day. Creature feature? Uh huh. Nice. And then, of course, the Monster Squad, and also just the fact that the documentary, Wolfman's Got Nards, is actually going to be released here pretty soon as well. But that's a very interesting double feature because it's, it's kind of like your monster team up movies. And that's what I like because, like, the House of Frankenstein had Wolfman and Dracula and Igor and shit running around. Shenanigan-ing, and then meanwhile, now with you have Monster Squad, they're shenanigizing and then fighting the Goonies. It's kind of rad. I'm, I'm really looking forward to these double features that you put together and the fact that you're also allowing people to catch up with some of those movies the following week as well. Uh, but then on Sunday, October 4th, what I really like is you're doing some classic horrors on Sundays. This is, I would say this is, well, between the outdoor movies of the Universal Classics and Sundays... This is the most uh, like pre seventy horror films I've ever shown. Which, again, a majority of the content I'm putting out for the I've seen that episodes here for our Patreon are coming from a lot of these classic screenings that you're putting out. So thank you for that because yeah. it's only going to you know expand my knowledge. But and it's always good for horror fans to get to the roots. 
Oh, abs- absolutely. You know, it's always good to, for the like, to look back, especially like, oh, well, in modern days, best black and white movies suck or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, it's without these monster movies, without some of the risks, without some of the engineering and some of the imagery yeah. that we have, we wouldn't have some of the nightmares that we have now. And that's always good to go back and appreciate and see the roots of evil. And on October 4th, you're going to be able to go to... Uh, Everyone ride the Ferris wheel because we're going on and exploring Carnival of Souls. Yeah. That shot on a shoestring budget of like 35 grand. Uh, partly shot in Lawrence, Kansas. Ah. The other part was shot in Salt, Salt Lake City. Uh, this one has been a perennial. We've done this every year. Uh, I think for at least the last like five or six. Nice. It's a, it's a weird fucking movie, man. It's a mind fuck, dude. It still scares people. Like it's... The entire movie is almost the kid on the bicycle in um, Mouth, of Mouth of Madness. Interesting. And again, I I know enough of it that I could probably BS my way through it, but even that little Lawrence bit is kind of cool. The little local ties there. I cannot wait for that. And then on Monday, as we always do, you have a chance to see, if you don't want to stay out late on Friday night with us, mm-hmm. you can always see a repeat viewing of the Friday Night Fright, so you will have a chance to check out Prince of Darkness. But I also know, I believe Monster Squad is also playing on that Monday? Uh, it's on Tuesday. It's on Tuesday. Aha. Yeah. Ah. But then, okay, then on October 6th, Tuesday, talk about another old school one that I know one of our friends is really excited for, uh, 1942's Cat People. Mm-hmm. Which, I've seen that. It is fucking crazy. They have a great scene in that movie where um, the woman is being chased by the cat person. And you don't see. It's kind of like almost a little point of view. But then she runs to the door and starts banging on the door and banging on the door. Help me, help me, help me. Right, let, And the light doesn't let in. And then you just see her trying to get the mom to get to the door. And then just blood comes yeah. from another thing. It's wonderful, terrifying. See, the worst part is I've seen the remake of it. <laughs> Which I've seen the remake of it too. Exactly. It, it, even seen it as a young man made me feel weird. So very I'm assume- sexy. Yes. <laughs> Too sexy. Too sexy. It's the sexy reboot. It, it is. But we are talking the original there. So that is on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, kicking off a series called Weird Wednesday. And you, you don't get any weirder than a film that is set in a theater where shenanigans ensue based off a mask, off the screen. Lamberto Bava's 1985 classic, Demons. Where's Rosemary? Slap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what did the five talons say, say to the, the face? face? Slap. This Slash. movie is fucking wild. This movie is insane. <laughs> I love fucking Demons. The fact that you're going to show it in the theater, you're going to have your what the fuck counter is going to go off the rails. <laughs> if you, if snorting, snorting coke off Billy Idol's <laughs> little sister... Doesn't do it for you. There are so many moments in that movie that are truly jaw-dropping and plays so well in the theater. Now, if we're really going to do the William Castle treatment, can we at least have like a little wind-up like helicopter just you know <laughs> drop in off the ceiling eventually? This movie is, uh, I mean, the less you know, the better. But all you need, all you do need to know is it was like I'm just per- guessing. The uh, Argento who produced it was coked out of his goddamn mind. <laughs> you have Mario Bava's kid uh, getting a chance to direct the movie, and they put together demons. The movie, like 50 50, you could call them demons, you can call them ghouls. Some of them are zombies. There's kind of like the, it runs the gamut of like, what the fuck are they? But uh, all you need to know is that it's a sneak peek of a movie at this old movie palace, and things aren't quite what they think. Is supposed to be what we think they're going to be. But the best part about this movie is 
I will say for the first half of the movie, you're like, oh, this is a pretty low budget affair. And then, holy fuck. Oh. No, it's, it gets very, it gets the last 30, 40 minutes of this movie. They're just it's like, insane. we have so much money to burn. What can we do? And they're just doing the most insane shit. Helicopter rides? Get your helicopter rentals here. Well, and even that and the, the soundtrack itself is... Is right as shit. So between the amount spend, it plays so perfectly on the big screen. Now, the following night on Thursday, October 8th, it's another... Yeah, I've seen that, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to check this one off my book. Guillermo del Toro's The Devil's Backbone. That movie is crazy good, dude. It, it's got like like ghost shenanigans, and it's got like all. Of course, it's anti-fascism. Well, oh, and if, all of Del Toro's shit really is. Let me ask you this: Am I gonna walk away feeling like I did after Pan's Labyrinth? Yes. Okay. Well, good. That's Del Toro then. I'm, yes. I'm, and that's what I've come to expect with him. Just. Life is pain. Like he's given the princess uh, bride. He's ethos. fucking bleak, dude. He's, he's bleak for Hellboy and shit. You woke up the burby. He's bleak. So again, just in terms of kind of the the variety and the diversity that you were putting out there in for October, that is appreciated. And we've mentioned it before. There's kind of a discipline to watching international horror yeah. and kind of you know figuring it out and breaking it down. But and I cannot a, wait for it. And that's a good one for yeah. international horror. I mean, it's a uh, it's. It's a sad movie too. Mm-hmm. So prepare See? thyself. Yeah, it's a bummer. I oh, and again, it's Del Toro, and if it's when he's doing his historical horror, yeah, then I know more than likely I'm gonna walk away bummed. And you're because there there's more horror in history than anybody really. Well, yeah, man is the is the most cruel monster ever. But that leads us to our next Friday night fright on October 9th, and oh goodness, a film that has multiple cuts, uh, a film that is. Some will argue one of the best uh, entries in the franchise, uh, but one that is not without controversy. We're going to be taking in The Exorcist 3. That is a movie more people need to see. Yes. That is such a good, scary movie. Well, it contains one of the all-time great cut scenes, quite literally a cut, scare, jump scene, but it also has... Uh, George C. Scott. You're a changeling. <laughs> and Brad Dourif in being great, being creepy and well, great. Well, is he not creepy and great? great? Yeah, no, that's, that's true. <laughs> but that's another one. So thank you because that needs to be seen on the big screen and just needs to be seen by more people. So that's another little feather in the cap there, Adam. That I appreciate. Yeah. So uh, both. That movie. This literally arrived this week because this is a brand new, another brand new. Scream Factory Can remaster. we say what cut we were watching? We were watching the theatrical cut. Okay, the, the theatrical, not the Legion cut. Not the Legion cut, which, which uh, I've heard. So even though it's listed as a director's cut, I was reading an interview this year with Mr. William Peter Blady, who said that the theatrical cut he thinks is a better movie. Hmm. So um, even though it's got some changes to it, quite you know, quite a number <laughs> of changes to it, uh, I think he, he realizes that that's probably a more... A better horror film, and his is more of a cerebral, uh, you know, um, it's more of a thrill, psychological thriller. I mean, I would still say the theat. I mean, the theatrical is. It's mostly the changes are in the last quarter of the movie. Yes, um, but without, but in the theatrical cut, you get one of the scariest scenes. I think, period. Like, yeah, in the Exorcist films, I think, oh, hands in, down, in films. Yeah, it, and it's one of those. I think even maybe even some normies might actually know that particular scene we're talking about. But it is mwah. Mm-hmm. And then outdoors on Friday. Oh goodness, uh, you might all get a little red on you. 
because we're taking in one of the best zombie movies, horror comedies, just best films in ever, ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shaun of the Dead. A magical, magical movie. If you haven't seen that movie by now, you're doing yourself a disservice. Oh, it is. And you're probably already dead. Right? (laughs) Well, you know what? Rise out of the grave. Come on, shamble on over to one of the feel-good movies from the last, you know, 20, 15 years. Don't stop me now. I fucking love Edgar Wright. I love that movie. And that is the movie that made me fall in love with Edgar Wright and Sean Penn. Sean Penn. <laughs> Simon Penn. Unrelated Sean Penn. Unrelated Sean Penn. Although I would, Simon. if we could have Sean Penn and Bill Nighy's role potentially. Yeah. <laughs> the American the American stepdad. remake is, yeah, the American. I'm just trying to do your best, Sean. You know, just like... <laughs> no, agreed. It is a magical movie that just continues to get better every year. But the following night, Saturday, October 10th. Oh, goodness. One more week till Nerdoween, Nerdoween, Nerdoween. One more week till Nerdoween. All hail Satan. It's weird because it's one more week, but we're talking about it that day. So then I would be now it's for that. So then it's like. I understand. It's time for Nerdoween. That's right, kids. It's time. It's time for Nerdoween. Three mystery horror movies all revolving around the Dark Lord. So don't forget to bring your mask, kids. And technically, you were right in the right tense there we should have just said now it's time i'm so sorry ladies and gentlemen but play it backwards it might make more sense because (laughs) this is our sixth year nerdoween horror movie marathon and honestly adam do you know the very first film that actually kicked off our very first nerdoween um Shaun of the Dead. Lamberto Baba's Demons. Demons. Oh, wow. Our very first Nerdoween, we had a Demons theme, and we went, it was Demons, uh, Night of the Demons, and Demon Knight. And we have been basically theming every uh, Nerdoween, and of course, the lineup is not revealed until we play the movie. And I will say this we do have a film from the 70s, one from the 80s, and then another from the aughts. Yes. And the teens. Technically. Oh, yeah. I, again, the teens. I, I'm not sure how you technically say it, but it is a newer film. But all three will be praising the almighty Dark Lord himself. Hail Satan! I've and only seen two of these movies, or one of these movies. Really? Yeah. There's... there. I uh, One of them I just saw recently. Uh-huh. The other one was uh, had been a while. And like I said, the newer one, Joyous. One of them, yeah. The That's newer, the only one I've seen. The okay. newer one is great. The uh, other one... Uh, full confession, one of them's going to be my first time at Nerdoween, but I've seen trailers, I've heard about it, and I, I, I trust Greg, and it's going to be great. I think we're going to have a lot of fun, so yeah. But I yeah. do know that the first one's fucking rad. first one is rad. The first one is a lot of fun, so yeah, definitely check that out. Sixth Nerdoween, now outdoors that night. Again, we have a double feature, which, ooh, again, if I don't see you and you go outside and I see you there, I'm going to understand, because we have a double feature of The Creature from the Black Lagoon, and John Carpenter's The Fog. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. man. Right? And I know you programmed that one specifically. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a, I mean, you want to talk that about... Was, there's two, well, there's three crown jewels on here. Actually, I think all my double features are pretty perfect. So, so sell someone out there that's not really sure about this one there, Adam. Uh, How are you going to get them out on October 10th? Well, Creature from the Black Lagoon, I think it was the last of the original Universal Monster movies. It was the latest one, I believe, in 1959. Um, and it's just, it's it's a little campier than the other ones, but it's super, it knows what it is. It's, it's I mean, it 
gave Guillermo del Toro a career uh, <laughs> and an Oscar. Uh, it was the inspiration for, of course, Shape of Water. But Creature from the Black Lagoon is just a ton of fun. All these Universal movies are only like 60 to 70 minutes, so they're very short, mm-hmm. uh, very to the point. Whenever it hits the apex, the movie's fucking done. Um, <laughs> but Creature's just like, it, it's it's fun. I don't know. The monster's really neat. Um, the story's, uh, you know, it's it's there. And and paired with, when I was trying to think what pairs with that, I actually didn't even have that. Most of these were just like, oh, this, this. And then I thought, well, what's another, what's a good C movie? I'd say, oh, it's a good, you know, yep. monster-esque movie, but mostly, most important, they need water. I was like, John Carpenter's The Fog. I got to show this outside. And uh, that's another, like, a kind of a deeper Carpenter film. Um, but it is a ghost story through and through. And it's it's creepy. It's got a kick-ass score. It's, you know, Carpenter, Pete Carpenter. I think that's 81. That's right before he did The Thing. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it fucking rules. It, it really, really does. It is a great monster movie. And I love monster movies. And it is... The grandfather, the grandfather of one of the greatest monster creature features of all time. I mean, it's in the title, the fucking creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, and it's shot great. Yeah. I mean, underwater like, photography is really the underwater photography is fucking bar none. It's like Cameron was taking notes, like I like that. Yeah, and I like that, and I like that. You know, and the, it's a simple story, and but it's an effective story. It's monster sees girl, monster wants girl. So it's not humanoids from the deep, but it's. Thank which goodness good, for that. Which is really good. But it is done in a fun creature feature way. And then the fog, of course, Adrian Barbeau, Tom Atkins without oh, a mustache. Man. When we saw that here for um, Carpenter, Fest. Carpenter Fest, it was fucking magical. That yeah. is, I think that is probably one of the unsung Carpenter movies. It is. Yeah. It is. That well, and it's Star got- Manor, like one of the two. One of the two greatest unsung Carpenter movies of all time. He, he's had some of the, the most amazing run from like 76 to about, I'll even argue to 92 with Into yeah. the Mouth of Madness, just from Assault on Precinct That's 13 to there. And I think, it, ah. I, I think In the Mouth of Madness is a really great film. Oh, it's one of my faves. Yeah. In fact, I'll say this. My favorite Carpenter Fest was a couple years ago where it was Assault on Precinct 13, Prince of Darkness, and into the mouth of madness. Yeah, I think that was oh, my this was the deep too. cut year. It was, and yeah. I'd say three quarters of the audience was saw first timers. All, all three yeah. of them. It was amazing, and all of them the first time was like, "Those movies are great." Like, well, yeah, it's John it's, Carpenter. Well, and even then, last year's uh, uh, Carpenter Fest, it was all the classics, and we had a chance to see the fog. But I will say this: I think Christine probably played the best. I loved that yeah. movie. But but <laughs> on a Sunday, October eleventh, getting classic again, we are going William Castle. And I am positive I've seen this one all the way through, but it could be, and I've seen that, but no, we're talking. you have. It just doesn't feel like it because it's a short movie. I don't know, but The House on Haunted Hill, I'm pretty sure I've seen that. Like, legitimately, not an I've seen that. I'm pretty sure, but regardless. Probably on TV back in the day. I think so, but I'm, I'm seeing it on the big screen, you know, yeah. solidifying it, so I Ooh. will. Are you going to have like William Castle things or can I come around with a stun gun and like <laughs> or that's the tingler. The tingler. I, I'm just under your feet. Just Which <laughs> I saw that for the first time last year as well. Thank you, Adam, which in itself was a blast. No, I can't Vincent wait for Price. that. And yeah, it's always a good time with that. Now, on Monday, October 12th, again, if you weren't able to stay out late with us on Friday for The Exorcist 3, you can check that out as well. Is there anything on the calendar that I am not seeing there, Adam, on October 12th? 
Uh, it's a repeat of, of Exorcist 3. Okay, Exorcist 3. Now, then on that Tuesday, <laughs> I know where Genius won't be. And if he is, it's only as a true hater. Two, word, two letters, two letters, double A. And I'm not talking Arn Anderson. We're not talking the Four Horsemen. We're talking Ari Aster's director's cut of Midsummer. <clears throat> what, what genius like does he have I, a prepared I, statement I have, I have alternates for him to watch those days I have 1922's Nosferatu next week okay I'm down for Nosferatu but I so you're doing the, the three hour director cut it's under three hours I okay we're a positive podcast so I'm gonna keep my mouth shut please Adam if they haven't seen Midsommar <clears throat> and they wanna lose time let <laughs> <laughs> Let them know what this movie is. Uh, well, Midsummer. I'm 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 in the opposite camp of uh, Mr. Genius over here. Uh, <laughs> I, l- I adore this movie. I think uh, the director's cut's even better. I think uh, it adds a lot of much-needed character beats for me that just uh, solidify kind of what's what's truly happening underneath and between these characters. Uh, beautifully shot. Uh, I don't think. I saw. I think I saw the original like two or three times before I saw the director's cut, and I, I'm so the movie's so good at absorbing you that it's hard to like. Usually, the extra scenes are easy to find. You know, I look at like Suspiria, the the extra scene where they're in Lederhosen and drinking beers. Uh, right. Like yeah. usually, they're like, oh, I know why they cut this. In this movie, I couldn't tell you why they cut anything or where they cut it because it was so seamlessly integrated into it. Uh, which again, for like 27 more minutes, is hard. Uh, quite the feat. Well, and th- that noise you just heard was an older self uh, uh, iPhone that had to jump off because it hit the, uh, the, uh, the yeah. time of age. We do have a hammer just in case. But then also 1929's Nosferatu, yes. which is an I've seen that, which depending on when it's playing, I might have to come out for that because Tuesdays are tough for me, but I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. I want to see, see Nosferatu too. As for Midsommar, not so much. I'll, <laughs> I'll drink some pink lemonade and... And just like a teddy bear. Well, you know what? I know a film that you do enjoy. The very next night, the next Weird Wednesday, this is one we've had a chance to host. And I think the perfect film for a Weird Wednesday, this is the epitome of weird. It is wild. It is wacky. It is an experience. We are talking, I believe, 1979's Haosu. That is the most what-the-fuck movie <laughs> one will ever see. We've seen a lot of weird what-the-fuck movies on this show, but I think by far, by sheer what-the-fuck-is-going-on, like if you did a tally mark for every time you questioned your sanity in this movie, you would have a legal pad filled with just fucking... <laughs> and, then, and then it turns into weird ramblings and scribbles and like bananas... And like, why did that piano eat that girl's ass? And then why is this cat <laughs> jumping out of here? And what the fuck is going on? Watermelons? What the fuck? And so like, yeah, it's my this movie is mind boggling. You talk about the 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 discipline of international horror and trying to get through cultural differences and this this one, regardless. It, but it's, it's not punishing. It's no, like it's, it's one of those like it's rewarding, what the actually. fuck is going on because it's almost like a horror version of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just madness <laughs> and insanity from the word go with a lot. Of, if if, if Pee Wee's Playhouse was Sam Raby's cabin, that <laughs> is what would be Haosu. I think everybody, yeah, you guys sold it enough. Uh, it's, yeah. it's just, 
It's don't watch anything about it. And if you like weird fucked up movies, <laughs> like not fucked up in like that. It's, no, it's not martyrs fucked up. No, exactly. Not, no. Like it's you're not mind gonna need trip, mind meltingly fucked up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know who can make this movie and uh, if they're still alive or if this movie killed them when they made it. <laughs> they uh, went and say it was made by insane asylum prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's like a, I don't know this as a fact, but I would say this movie has a lot of effects that are very bold for the time. Mm-hmm. They were in like the mid late seventies, uh, and I wouldn't imagine this movie had like a Star Wars esque budget. They're just swinging yep. for the fences. There's some crazy ass shit in this movie, yeah. uh, and there's some great practical effects too. But there's a lot of like early attempts at like CGI and matte paintings and like overlays. Yeah. And it's like also the most Japanese thing you could ever imagine. Um, uh, how, how Sue, you got to see it. It's, it's well worth your time. It's it well worth your time it, it, from criterion. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's cause it's, so it's classy, but it's weird as shit. It is abs. <laughs> it is the spice girls go to the cabin in the woods. It is. And that'll make sense when you see it. But then the following night, October 15th, um, if you uh, it's basically it's your second chance to check out the director's cut of Midsummer, and then if you are looking for the shit, you are going to get <laughs> the shit. This is this one. This movie kicked off our third, third Nerdoween. Nerdoween horror uh-huh. movie marathon, and a movie that's probably more prescient, more relevant now. Oh, absolutely! Tales from the Hood, mm-hmm. which is. Such a good movie. A wonderful movie. I mean, just ev- everything about it. It came out at the perfect time. It's oh. still super prescient. It's hilarious. It's yeah. gory. Um, the social commentary is on fucking point. And Clarence Williams the third is the shit. <laughs> he is the best crypt keeper. He yeah, is the he be- is. He's the best. What was her name? Uh, Morella. Morella. Throws her, keeps her in the dust there. If you want to see one of the best horror anthologies you probably haven't seen, come on out on the 15th for The Shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Now, Adam, is that one that you've seen by any chance? That is, uh, I've seen that. Ah, you you need you to. You have to see that movie, dude. It's, it's really, really good. So th- this was another one that very hard to find for a very long time. Yes, and then, yes. When Scream Fa- I screamed when I heard Scream Factory was putting this out on Blu-ray. It's a hard one to find. Yeah. And but now, now it, it, there's a good remaster and it's available. So I do own it. I don't know. I, I'll watch it this year. You should. You should. You what, should. You should come out for the shit. Now, our next Friday Night Fright is a film that is near and dear to both Genius and I as we have provided a commentary track for it. Um, and our good friend Jill Gavargazion actually sat in on that particular commentary track. Uh, it's a movie that I used to have to prepare myself for. But now I'm actually... I yeah. watch it at the drop of a hat. And I've seen it... Multiple times, thanks to this gentleman on the big screen. But Friday Night Fright, we're going down to Texas. <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Come on out to Screenland, Franklin, and watch the movie, Franklin. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to lie. When we did our last game of games at Panic Fest Theater, do you remember for um, the quoting game, John Pata got it down. Got it. Had all five all raspberries. Five, all five raspberries. <laughs> if you want to see why... People shouldn't throw raspberries on the screen or <laughs> just a brilliant film, a, a capital F film, yeah. you know, independent film, but Tobey Hooper's classic. Bring Grandpa. He's, He's the, the best. best. Bring Grandpa. <laughs> but like, no, <laughs> he, it really is. 
And you know what? For those people who haven't seen it, it's not as bloody as you think it is, but it is just as effective as you think it is. It's it's it's, it's terrifying. It's, it's it's a literally legit legit terrifying movie. And Leatherface, um, the amount of cardio he has to do. You know, I know he looks like he's got a lot of chuscle, but he does a lot of running in that yeah, movie. He does. Yeah. So yeah, he does with a big ass chainsaw. It's mm-hmm. again. That's like what do they call that? Um, um, that that kind of training, cross training. What is that? Oh, CrossFit. Yeah, something like that. I think yeah, that's yeah. like the the Southern version that they're doing in the Sawyer family. Yeah, chain fit. Absolutely. Now then, outdoors, <laughs> talking about something that's not fam- family friendly to something totally family friendly, and then I've seen that as well. Hocus Pocus. Oh wait, wait, wait! It's you now it's Pocus? now a double oh. feature. Oh, a double feature. Lay it on me, Adam. With the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, oh wow! Well, now now you that that is two great tastes that taste great together. You that is gonna get your tickets now because that's gonna fucking sell out in I, five seconds. I guarantee fucking that thing is gonna sell out. <laughs> well, we talk Hocus about Pocus and Nightmare. Gateway horror. If you want to introduce the little ones into the horror genre. And it is straight horror. Doug Jones is a great zombie, a very scary, cool looking zombie. And Bette Midler tries to eat people. So, like. Yeah. She does eat somebody. She does. She swallows a kid's soul in the beginning of that movie. Wow. Because it does set off a la accursed, like Black Sunday with mm-hmm. the killing of the witches. Yep. Killing of the witches. We will and then come back thirty thousand years and get a revenge. So good. See, mm-hmm. I, and again, I know it's I Walt need to Disney's see it. Black Sunday. <laughs> it it when is. You wish upon your soul. <laughs> <laughs> and then pairing that with Henry Selick's Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, you, which... you can't forget who wrote Old Hocus Pocus. There is that Mick Garris. It's Mick Garris. Makes perfect sense. The qu- that's why everybody has such wonderful hair in that movie. Because it's Mick Garris. He demands nothing less. <laughs> Actually, you know what? If he ever decides to go away from the horror world, if he ever like set up his own like bouquet line of like hair products... I would probably buy it. Get the Garris look. And it's actually like moose, but it's blood. It looks like it's the color of blood. You just wash it out and you just have this magnificent hair. Our new Bathroy line, our Bathroy bathroom products. And you know, since he pr- primarily worked on Stephen King's work, you know, Stephen King would be like his push man. I'm going to condition the hell out of you. <laughs> well, then the following night, Saturday, October 17th, uh, it looks like we're going to have a um, another viewing of Tales from the Hood. Is that correct? Um, well, hang on. We got a couple What was more. on Friday? We have a couple more things on Friday that. Night Fright was Texas Chainsaw. And then Hocus it Pocus was Hocus Pocus. Pocus. Night of, night we also have a couple other things that don't exactly have dates yet. But ah. uh, St. Maud is finally coming out. And then there's Maud. And then we have, uh, again, I don't know the exact date, so it might not be on this date, but it will be. these will both be that week. Uh, talk about extending uh, the horror uh, idea, I guess, to, to, to slightly different genres, to de- but to definitely different audiences. We have Practical Magic and I, I, Twilight. I've seen, yeah, I've okay. seen those. I like Practical Magic. I'm not going to lie. Now, I've seen Twilight just because it didn't seem my thing, but I know you want to talk about an audience. We're opening the, well that well, we can't down for practical magic. I mean that's Sandra yeah. Bullock and Nicole Kidman and doing magic and shit like the witches of Eastwick Light. I'm hundred percent down for that. Yeah. I mean that's a, that, that that's us talk about gateways. You have practical yeah. magic, you have Twilight, you have Hocus Pocus and Nightmare Before Christmas. We have a lot of gateways in there. And um, that's what we need. Again, there's 
a lot of gatekeeping that goes on in horror, and yeah. we want this to be all inclusive. We mm-hmm. want everyone to come out and enjoy these movies. Everybody should enjoy horror. Expand your palate. Exactly. Exactly. But then the, uh, now we can move on to the third best double feature because it's the third one in a row. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Lay it on us. October 17th, 1941's The Wolfman and An American Wearer from London. Okay. Okay. Howling good time. There we go. I was gonna say hair raising double feature. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. The Wolfman is, and I've seen that. Wolfman is dope with Lon Chaney Jr. Lon Chaney Jr. Wolfman is dope with Bella Lugosi, and I will put the curse on you. I oh see, this is filling in that that vocabulary of mine so well. But an American werewolf in London. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Naked American man stole my balloon. <laughs> there are multiple moments in that movie that still haunt me to this day. From the little hanging little bit on Jack's. The dangle? The dangle. The dangle is so horrifying. And then the Nazi werewolves. You're just sitting out there watching the fucking Muppet, Muppet show, show. And then next thing you know, fucking the SS, like the, the wolf wolf will comes in and like starts like fucking <laughs> shit up. <laughs> Fascism! Yay! <laughs> terrifying. So terrifying. So cannot wait to see those two play back to back. But what's playing indoors then on the 17th? Um, that's where you're going to find some repeats. Tales from the Hood okay. plays. Uh, there's a couple other repeats. So Excellent. And that's the good thing Because you got Fridays so jam-packed. Again, yes. you can't see all of them Fridays, so there's going to be repeats on Saturday. Right. No, that's perfect. That is beyond perfect. Now, on Sunday, October 18th, Ah, I'm really looking forward to this you one. You want to sink I'm... your teeth into these two films? Yes, because I know one of them you had a chance to revisit, and mm-hmm. I know you appreciate it a little bit more. International horror, women in horror, A Girl Walks Home Alone. Oh, wait, A Girl Walks Home, home Alone at Midnight. At night. Yes. At night. Yeah. There we go. When I first saw that movie, I will be 100% honest, I thought it was boring, and I thought it was too much style, and I thought it was kind of like eh, nothing. There's happened. almost no talking. It's almost there's a silent no, movie. There's no. It is almost. Yeah. It's a black and white silent. There's movie. There's probably like two or three minutes of actual talking. And I was like immediately, I was like, eh, right. But upon rewatch, mm-hmm. that movie is wonderful. It is a. It would. It's a wonderful, almost retelling in a way of Near Dark. Just this western, black and white, silent. Thought-provoking, introspective vampire movie, and I love the fact that you were able to give it another chance. Yeah, and when you gave it that chance, you found something about it, and that's what I love about horror and genre in general. Is depending on your mood when you saw it initially. Yeah, it can totally change when you see it again. Now, I don't know if Double A will ever do that for you, but again, I, g- I gave Double A multiple, multiple times, multiple chances. <laughs> Sorry, I just like take the <laughs> that that's bait, genius. <laughs> That's bait. Now, the classic Sunday in this case is a movie I did have a chance to see. And oh my goodness, Sam Raimi has to absolutely love The Haunting because you can see oh, wait, so wait, wait, wait. much no, of no, this. No. Oh. The 18th is 1931's Dracula. Oh shit, it's Dracula? Whoa. You, ah. The Haunting's on the list. It's just a little bit later. Ah, well, ooh. Dracula. So there's a, a double. You can make your own double feature and sink your teeth into that. Oh shit! Now that Very makes more sense. Vampire. That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> have have Bauhaus in the um pre, in the trailer or in the pre show. In the pre show, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that's what the children of the night do, my friend. Ooh, okay, good. Okay, then 18th girl walks ho- walks home alone at night. Those and are two great black and white. Yeah. And again, Dracula for the most part, it's pretty silent too. Yeah. There's yeah. not a lot of like yeah, a lot of smack going. A lot in. of looks. Yeah. 
A lot of atmosphere. That's a really good black and white vampire double feature. Well, yeah. there's a few more vampire goodies coming up that week. Now, All right. on the 19th, again, on a Monday, if you didn't ch- stay out late with us on Friday, check out the Texas Chainsaw Master again. But that is going to be our latest Nerds of Nostalgia. Um, Monday Mystery mo- Quarantine movie, Netflix Movie Night. Sorry, I know that was on the, on the fly there. You did well. <laughs> Excuse me. And we can go ahead and uh, put the movie out there. It is going to be... Tales of Halloween! Fuck yeah! I'm so excited for this one. Tales of Halloween is one of the best anthologies and right up there with Trick or Treat as one of the best pure Halloween movies. All about Halloween. Mm -hmm. Pure Halloween. Well, then the following Tuesday... Oh, boy. Well, genius. um, This one you've been looking forward to. All right, movie lovers! (laughs) Thank you for not going blue there. I was afraid we're going to beep, beep, beep. One of my absolute top ten movies of all time. Of all the movies that I've seen, out of all the movies that I love, I would I can easily say From Dusk Till Dawn is in the top ten. Probably one of my favorite all-time, very first-time viewings in a theater yes. because I wasn't expecting the twist. I saw that fucker five times in the theater. Five times in the theater. And this is another one that we've actually done. I'm going to see it six and seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten. Well, as someone that is a big feline lover, it's definitely right up your alley. <laughs> now then, on the 21st, the latest Weird Wednesday is actually a movie we provided a commentary track for over on Patreon, uh, 1988's The Blob. Bum, 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 bum. Bullets. And Shawnee Smith and kids getting devoured and, and Paul, Paul McCrane <laughs> getting, getting killed in horrific ways as Paul McCrane does. And this is, the I think, the remake that a lot of people always forget about. Chuck Russell. Yes. Who also directed Dream Warriors and The Mask. And Eraser. Yes. He's got a really weird <laughs> filmography. A wonderful filmography. But if you have not seen The Blob in quite some time... It is one of the well worth your time. Goriest, yes, one of the best remakes out there. One of one of the movies where the remake, I I can I will go on a limb, hundred percent say it better than the original. Yep, significantly yes. better than 1, the original. One thousand percent, and also includes one of our favorite hobo actors. Yeah, flies in the bottom of shoe, flies shoe. Carmen uh, Scavalli, I think his name is. When you can't get Buck Flower, you get Carmen Scavalli. Flat in the bird makes you flat too. Well, the next night, we uh, threatened you a little with uh, some Donald Sutherland nudity here. And on October 22nd... And Donald Sutherland as the clumsy waiter. He's going to fall into the Venice Canals with Don't Look Now. I haven't seen that. It is. Holy shit. I haven't seen that. It's a beautiful movie. It's a sad movie. I heard it's fucked up. And it's got one of the great reveals at the end. It's got a very shocking ending. But it is heartbreaking. It is, but it's also got a raw emotional sex scene that was super controversial then and even kind of now for the most part. Was it in his contract? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I got to show my ass. <laughs> well, that's definitely, again, classier. It's a cute bear. Well, then, on October 23rd, our latest Friday Night Fright is going to be a first-timer for me. So thank you for this, Adam. And listen, we've talked about how we don't want to be buried in the pet cemetery. But we very rarely talk about being buried in Pet Cemetery too. Oh, interesting. This is, you've never seen this one? I have not. Mm. And listen, I love Clancy Brown. And knowing that Clancy Brown is the main heavy in this, it's truly, and I've seen that, I know that little Edward Furlong's mom was like a horror movie actor. Like, I know every little yeah, bit and piece. Yeah, I've, I've seen that too. Oh, 
a very rarity then that we will be hosting on that. So I cannot, cannot wait on that. But then outdoors, you could be seeing dead people potentially. Is that correct, Adam? You could see dead people. That is correct with M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dongs, The Sixth Sense. I like that movie a lot. It holds up. It's you? still great. It's still a really good movie. I mean, and it shows what potential Shaman, Shyamalan had. Yeah. And the fact that it kind of fucked it up with some of his well, I, he, he, misses. He's peaks, peaks and valleys. Yeah, yes. he is peaks and valleys. Because you know what? The visit was really good. The uh, I'll, oh, bet, I'll, bet, I'll go to bat for signs one? and I'll go to bat for the village. I, I won't. I, you're on your own for the village, but I will 100% uh, go to bat for see, signs. With the village, I will say if the movie, if they never left the woods, yeah. it's a fucking we, great movie. We didn't need the twist. The, we that, didn't if that, that movie never had the twist, it would be absolutely incredible. The twist does sink it, but the twist is only like six minutes. Yeah. And it's like, I, you could pretty much stop it from when they get to a certain point. If they would just leave the perimeter, I'm fucking good with it. But it's such a masterfully well done, in my opinion, masterfully well directed. One of my favorite scores uh, of all of his work. It is quite uh, good. The Village is an underdog movie. I understand why people don't like it, but I will say if you just fucking watch it up till when they leave the woods. Just turn it off at the right time. When they hit the road, it's over for you. If Do you your own the cut. Road, uh, the movie fucking rules. There's so much good before it that it's yeah. okay. To me, Joaquin and, and uh, uh, Bryce, Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard, Howard uh, their romance and the, the romance horror in it and the gothic feel and the monsters and everything, it just works so fucking well that it's so it's cheated by the ending. Oh, well, back to the uh, our podcast, Back to the Village again here. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I will go to bat for the I will go to bat for signs. I will I'll even go to bat for Lady of Water. And I, you know what? I will give the village a second shot. But then Lady of Water kind of a similar thing 20 minutes. for me where it's 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 like, oh, God, it's so close. Well, yeah. I, will, I will say signs had one of my all time favorite theatrical experiences with the moment with the Fuck, Bigfoot that shot, me up when the Bigfoot. Fa- I, I the whole when I first saw the theater, the whole theater, the theater. went. <gasps> you yeah, couldn't no, breathe was, for a second because crazy. the air had was gone because everyone just saw it was amazing. It was incredible. Now on uh, the seventeenth, we have multiple things going on. Now of course, it looks like we've got another Tales from. Is that Tales from the Hood there? Uh, on the eighteenth. On the seventeenth. Seventeenth. Uh, wait. Because my, I think my calendar might be a little old that I'm. Oh no no at no! Here. So we're we're up to the 24th now. Oh yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm uh, there. We go. Ah oh oh. In this case, ooh, talking about too sexy. Ooh, a film that is I saw in the theater, but I have not seen it since. And Rice's interview with a vampire. Really, you haven't seen it since the theater. I've not seen that since the theater. I saw it in the theater, and I saw it in high school, and I saw it again. I like that movie. Plus, like you know, sexy. <laughs> It's Once upon a time, I dressed up as these characters. You did not. Not both of the characters. But Wait I, a minute. Do we have, do we have Victorian yeah, vampire there, Adam somewhere? There's a Victorian photo of me. In, uh, yes! I, I, I believe I was the Brad Pitt character. Oh, yes, yes. You're Louis? Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay, I, I threatened everyone with the pictures of me as a kid looking like Quato. Adam, you we have to, to find, find this. The... <laughs> I think I can find it. I'll, I'll find it, and it'll be the cover of this. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. Well, then, outdoors, this is the double feature I'm most looking forward to. Bum, bum, bum. It's Old Dark House and Drag Me to Hell. Ooh. I have, I've seen that with Old Dark House. Same here. But I've heard amazing things about it. Yeah. And then Drag Me to Hell... 
We Wonder- revisited that for Into the Mouth of March Madness. Wonderful not and great gateway horror again, because it is PG-13, and there's really no nudity. No, no, but, but there's, there's a lot of Sam Raimi gooey goodness in this movie. There is a lot... A lot of Sam Raimi cartoon Dude. feel. If Sam Raimi wanted to make a horror cartoon, it could be he based made on this. this movie. Well, the introduce of the llama, or the however he's pronounced that initial, but it's when the old gypsy is gumming her. Oh <laughs> my goodness! That's what I was like. Okay, this movie is just off the rails. <laughs> so gooey, not gory, just no, gooey, just gooey, very gooey. Also, though. Kind of a sad movie, technically. It's a bumper jam. It's in the title. I love when fucking uh, out of nowhere there's an anvil. Of course, it it is. Because it's a Sam Raimi movie. It is. Oh, my goodness. Now, if if people at home going about, oh, the old dark house, what is that all about? Tell us. Well, it's James Whale, so director of Frankenstein, Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, It's him in the early part of their career, so right after Frankenstein, he did the old dark house. Um, it is, it's, so those movies all have an element of comedy to them. Um, I would say, I don't know this for fact, but I would say James Well probably has pretty significant influence on Mr. Sam Raimi. Um, lots of, lots of deep shadows. I mean, a lot of what we see in Drag Me to Hell, I, now I've never seen these movies together and I, I would say I've seen that to old Dark House, okay. but I've seen enough to remember what it, what its vibe is. And, uh. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch them together. It's got Boris Karloff in it. Um, yeah, as, yeah, as the creepy butler. Oh, even better then. From clumsy to creepy, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Cake will be involved. Well, then, our last classic Sunday on the 25th, I do believe, speaking of Sam Raimi and his influence then, The Haunting. Yes. Okay, oh, yeah. I saw that for the first time last year, and I'm just going, okay, that's a Sam Raimi shot. That's a Sam Raimi shot. Holy smokes. I mean, it is all over, and it's cool. Yeah. It's a like, cool movie. Very, it is. It's a very cool. It's very mod. Mod it, cool. It is. Yeah. It's legit, and it's even a little progressive when you got kind of the, the lady that might be into the ladies as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, it's yeah. like, ooh. Yeah. Again. But she's the, the tawdry one. The tawdry one that you know, lives life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Well, then that Monday, we have, again, a chance to revisit Pet Cemetery 2. And then on Tuesday, the 27th, Bringing back an old school favorite here at Screenland, a little horror roulette. It's been a while since Blair and I have done these, so I don't know. We haven't talked about it. But, <laughs> but th- what this is, oh, I just knocked something over. Um, what this is, is Blair and I bring f- five titles usually uh, that you know, we usually do two and two, and then we agree upon one. And uh, usually there's like some kind of theme, but um, we bring them all together and uh, we play a game to decide what's going to happen. And the last time we did this on the Halloween edition, we got dead alive. So we will ah. see what we get this time. But, uh, you know, with all the movies we already have officially in the lineup, nothing officially in the lineup will be in this lineup. Good. It will all be different things. Well, um, I even remember one of the last horror roulettes where there was a tornado warning and everyone had to go oh, down yeah. to the basement. I mean, you never know what's going to happen at a horror roulette. That's so true. You roll the dice at roulette. The, yes, you do. Well, then our final Weird Wednesday here on the 28th, uh, a Lance Henriksen classic, which I'm going to give a little shout-out to Liam. Savage Dawn? <laughs> we wish. No, this, this movie, the only thing missing is George Kennedy, technically. Uh, but uh, Liam O'Donnell from the horror business Notoriously does not like this film. Uh, Stan Winston's Pumpkinhead. This is most notably in 4K because that is coming out that 
following Thursday. Like it's ah. not even going to be available until like a few days before. So this will maybe be the first theatrical of the 4K. Nice. Very excited for that. And quite honestly, there's nothing quite like hearing Amber just in the background going, do something there, Ed Holly. You feel sorry there, Ed Holly. <laughs> I, I actually love Pumpkinhead, I think. I, okay, here's why. Here's my argument for Pumpkinhead. I totally understand why people don't like it. but it, Why? It actually, I don't get it. I like it. <laughs> I like that movie. I don't get it why people don't like Pumpkinhead. It feels like, I don't tight. know if there's another movie quite like this that actually feels like I'm reading a fairy tale. Yeah, you're 100% correct. It is a dark American fairy tale. I don't know if there's any, like, even visually, like, it's it feels like a timeless movie. It was made in 90... I think it's yeah, Stan 89, Win- I believe. Stan Winston. Of course he knows how to do it. Well, even just 88. The, Fantastical. Yeah, it truly is basically something you would pass down to your kids, you know. This is what you don't do. It becomes... Yeah. It's just, it's very it's you know there's a morality tale it feels mm-hmm. like kind of timeless like Stephen King esque, but mostly it's just like stylistically and just mm-hmm. like how it unfolds it just feels like a timeless fairy tale. Um, <clears throat> I think more people should give it a chance. It is like got creepy moments, but mostly it's just this fairy tale monster feature creature feature. It's, it's about a grieving father. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I lost a vengeance demon, and I always forget. The vengeance part and how mean he truly is with some oh, of his yeah. kills yeah. in there. Yeah. Ooh, Ed Holly, let me tell you. Lord have mercy. Well, then, this is the one. And again, you talked about it, Adam. You, you know, in Shocktober, you'll expect Night of the Living Dead, you'll expect Halloween, and you should expect 1974's The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. This is, um, of course, the version you've never seen, seen, seen. Which, which I, I think I've seen a that's lot like of That's like the them. only version I believe that's available now. Okay, that is fair. That is fair. And a movie that. I grew up Catholic, so there was always a legacy of this movie that you shouldn't watch it because you are going to go to hell, Greg, touching yourself regardless. So if you're touching yourself as with the, along with The Exorcist, that's just a fast track. <laughs> you and The Exorcist hell. are touching each other. Uh, you know what? I so okay. I had a real relationship with Pazuzu. Real quick uh, anecdote. So my mom was having a children's Halloween party, and they're like. Uh, Bring a scary movie. Bring a scary movie. I'm like, all right, cool. I haven't seen The Exorcist in a long time. Let's see. I'll bring The Exorcist, and maybe the kids will scare scare all the children, right? How long ago was this? 15 years. Oh, goodness. Okay, that's fair. So all these kids, 9, 10, 11, 13, 14, watching The Exorcist, and it starts off very slow for a scary movie. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right? A lot of atmosphere building. But right when the part where it comes to like, hey, Fuck me. Fuck me. Eh. I was like, you know what? I should probably turn this movie off. Let's watch. Um, let's put on something else here. Let's put on this Gigi Allen film. That oh might, God. Be, <laughs> might be more. The, uh, what hated Gigi Allen story? This is fine. This is fine. <laughs> oh, Lord, man. What yeah. were you thinking? I wasn't. I, I didn't realize. It was the first lesson he ever learned. <laughs> I didn't realize how fucking. Uh, vile that this movie actually is it's very scary it's very because i'm not saying that to like you know oh i'm not trying to cause a catholic opera or anything like that but at the same time it's the fucking exorcist if you haven't seen this while and you think oh it can't be that scary or disturbing oh you're very wrong it's it's very (laughs) it's very disturbing and very scary it's it's well worth your time. Now then, that latest Fucking crab walking and shit. Fuck all that noise. I'm actually, you know what, the crab walk it never really bothered me. What Bothers really bothered me, me was when she comes out and she pees on the floor. 
there was something about that that was just so it, it was it's an intimate thing and in front of all those people and just the loss yeah. of control and and it's also a mind fuck because that movie is shot with subliminal imagery and subliminal messages mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if you don't catch it and, you're, and even when you do catch it it's that much more scary oh yeah no it's a it's a classic for a reason well then on October 30th our final Friday night fright I can't tell. Are we doing the time warp again here, Adam? What's going on on that Friday? <laughs> I think you guys are doing the time warp. That's the looks like what the plan might be. <laughs> and darkness must go. This is going to be a sing along because there's not going to be. Okay, so if we're officially hosting this, I'm officially setting the rules. This is uh, going to be a sing along, not a quote along. Okay, don't don't fucking bring the don't the, quote it. Sing don't, it. Don't quote it. Sing it. Don't bring the pop guns and all that shit and all that kind of stuff. You don't make a mess in this movie theater, all right? <laughs> Second of all, we're gonna sing, we're gonna dance, and we're gonna treat this movie as respectful. Because if you're coming in expecting to talk, no. But if you're coming along to expect to sing, yes, this is a. I think sing-along. that's a good. We, you know, we've done plenty of uh, the you know um, the interaction, the interaction mm-hmm. ones. We've done a lot of those. We've never done a, a sing along. No, this is your first sing along, uh, and I think probably during like COVID that. that makes the most sense because it is gonna be like. A more limited, you know. Usually, there's a lot of props and stuff, but I think like this, the easier way is to make it a. a I like that. I this like is that. a sing. This Let's is a sing along. So don't come expecting laughing and don't bring in the water guns. Don't bring the toast or the playing cards. Don't come and bring to bitch slut. With that, that with the whole quoting of the br- asshole. You can do a little bit of that, but this is going to watch, enjoy, and sing, and sing. We are going to sing. Like I like that. Now, let me ask you this. Am genius. I going to sing? Yes. No, no, no. Are Am you, I going to dress up? No, because here's <laughs> the thing. As much as I would like to, if I had a better body and didn't look like a cooked tortilla underneath my clothes, <laughs> I would totally rock the fishnets and the thing. You know what? We could make you dress up. We could, dude, you could pull a mean Eddie right now. Fuck, dude. I could pull a mean Frankenfurter if I want to. Damn right. Damn but right. Like, but, no, you do. Uh, <laughs> so you've met my, yeah, no. Oh, it's, it's full on. It's, oh, God, this is going to be fun. If you all just could see the energy just went back into genius there. Well, then, I'll tell you what, though. It's going to be tough not to be outdoors because a double feature on the 30th. And I think, Adam, I don't know. Is this like your favorite one here that we're, that's going to happen? No. I, I think all the double features are actually pretty equal to one another. But this one, though, this one's quite good. We are looking at Frankenstein paired with The Thing. Science gone amok. Yes. That is ridiculously good. Now, hopefully, there's going to be a good chill I on the 30th. I fucking love... Light snow would be ideal. Oh, yeah. A little dusting. So light yeah. snow. I love, oh. I love classic old school Frankenstein. I mean, like... Well, of course. Oh, yeah. I fucking have it tattooed on my arm. I love classic old school Frankenstein. Well, he's the, he's, the, the, he's the monster. He is the misunderstood monster. To another monster that is not misunderstood at not all, but everything else... Is misunderstandings. Well, you know, and it's all about, you know, good, solid science. Well, then, what I love with this year, again, as much of a shit show that 2020 has been, one of the things that has kept me going is realizing that Halloween falls on a Saturday. This year, Halloween falls on a weekend, so me and the ghetto boys are going to be trick-or-treating, robbing little kids for bags until an old man came crept behind our ass. (laughs) And whether you're Bushwick Bill or just a fan (laughs) of all things Halloween... Oh my goodness, I am so excited. Indoors and outdoors, we have a double feature. We are going to be playing Halloween from 1978, Mm -hmm. and then following up with the sequel, 
Not Halloween 2, but Halloween 2018. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And that is going both indoors and outdoors. Wonderful. Yep. And I, I don't know which one I wanted to go to on that one. I, it'll probably be outdoors just because the crisp in the air. And I have yeah, viewed... And there might be people running around. There might be trick-or-treating. Trick-or-treating. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. No one knows what's going to happen. I we're, guarantee we're... a shape will show up uh, around there. Ooh, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> and of course, it does look like uh, another viewing of The Exorcist. Is that correct? Yes. Well, and then uh, throughout here, we are going to be doing several Shutter shout-out double features. In mm-hmm. fact, on the 3rd, we're doing our uh, What to Expect When You're Expecting Terror. Yes. Uh, viewing both Prevenge and The Baby. Our next one will be on October 17th. We haven't mm-hmm. figured that one out. But then technically, we're going to have one on the 31st as well. Holy shit, we're going to have a Halloween-centric club? A Halloween Shutter shout-out. Oh, Fuck yeah. Okay, so again, prepare for madness on that one. Indoor, outdoor, or virtually, there are a number of ways to enjoy this. And also on the 31st, Panic Film Fest is presenting Trick and Treats, mm-hmm. which, speaking of virtual goodness, tell us a little. We've been plugging this for a while. Tell us I don't a little know. bit more, Adam. <laughs> uh, I can only tell you, uh, I can confirm one thing here that hasn't yes. been announced yet. We will have the new film from Mr. Neil Marshall, <gasps> The Reckoning. Oh shit! I am okay. Neil I'm Neil Marshall movie. Okay, sign me up, dude. I haven't seen a bad. I haven't seen a bad Neil Marshall movie. I like everything he's put out. I've always enjoyed uh, it Mr. Involves, Marshall. Uh, 14th century and plagues and uh, some supernatural stuff and sold. Yeah. I'm sold. I'm sold. Oh, it's already pressing and timely. Well, and I know there are going to be a number of other features, shorts, and events that are going to be happening, and that is October 31st through November 1st. So that entire weekend, so many scary things happening, so many entertaining things, so many wonderful things happening here in the month of October with Shocktober. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, on the 17th, Kansas City Horror Club presents... Uh, our double feature drive-in at the Swap and Shop, uh, the ice at the Twin Drive-In. It's going to be Pumpkin Head and Trick or Treat. And it's Trick ten- or- Trick or treat. Yeah. Trick or okay. not Sam, or. not Sammy. Not Sammy. Yes. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> but um, ten dollars a card with a swap and uh, with a swap and shop. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely check it out. Uh, so I'd like to think. And if you don't come to the drive-in, come to Screenland. Absolutely, indoors, outdoors, virtually, all your scary needs can be met so absolutely come to screamland theaters oh, oh. <laughs> i like it okay that look there genius i saw that i was like yeah you like that that was good huh <laughs> well adam thank you so much man for taking the time to talk with us i, I know i believe you're gonna go play some softball so if someone ever says hey adam eat shit and die wow all you Just can do is tell them eat shit and live <laughs> oh, yeah that's I right like it. yeah eat shit and live everybody There we go. So until next week, of which technically we are going to be putting together our fictional 24-hour Halloween movie marathon. And all built around the devil. And I shall say we do have another special guest coming on as well. Mm -hmm. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Shut up.